0: As far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a Cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back guys to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 117. Look, I'm trying to get a little bit of an excited voice, but um, as we talked last week, thank you guys for the pay, uh, last week, <laughs> last time, um, recovering from uh, some, some health stuff, right? Um, went into detail about that. Not going to dive into that. This uh, this episode, if you would like an uh, update on my health, go check out episode 116. It starts with that. You can uh, kind of get an update of what's been going on, um, why episodes have been um, spread apart, I will say, um, sometimes longer than others, um, and definitely all of them longer than I want. Um, but wanted to give everyone a quick update who already did listen to that. I would say um, I'm about 80%. So it's been it's been a couple weeks since the last episode. Um, last episode was a lot of energy for me, even though for you, the listener, it probably uh, didn't sound uh, like a lot of energy, con- considering my my normal uh, my normal self uh, that you're used to. Um, but I would say I'm about eighty percent now. I'm still, still recovering. I'm still, uh, still feeling better day to day, um, but probably eighty percent. So we'll get there. We'll get there. We're getting there slowly. Energy's returning. Um, but, uh, still, still ways to go, um, still ways to go. But again, thank you, uh, to everyone who's reached out and sent me, uh, well wishes, um, and, 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 and nice comments and things like that. I do appreciate, um, all of that. So, um, but we have a lot of sea of thieves things to talk about, uh, since the last episode, uh, we had our most recent or part two of monkey Island. Um, I played it on uh, day one. Um, I'm excited to play the next one on day one. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited to check that out. Um, and so we'll talk about what my feedback was and my review of, of that. Um, we also have a lot of news. Um, and we finally now know when Season 10 is going to hit. And we know some of the key features of Season 10. And I'm assuming uh based on some things that i've seen in uh in discord and some messages i've got people are really interested um especially since the preview just happened um probably are very interested in what i have to say there and and like i said i apologize my energy is not where it used to be uh so so don't worry i'm not going to i, I don't think i'm going to shout um if I shout, I will probably fall asleep. So, <laughs> um, but let's start with the news. Uh, let's jump into the news. Um, and some of the things that, uh, are coming. Uh, so number one, monkey Island, uh, part three. So the final installment of the monkey Island, uh, um, tales, the, the, the monkey Island adventures, whatever we want to call them. Um, they're not really adventures. They are technically tall tales, um, though they've very different very in in length so far so um it's interesting um and i know the tall tales are like that too but I, I don't know what what to call these i i feel like part one part two part three together is like a a free dlc right like that's kind of what it feels like um like just like pirates of the caribbean felt like a, a dlc uh but they don't do DLCs because it's all a shared world and, and everything is in, in the single sandbox. So I don't know what we call them. I guess we just call them tall tales. Uh, but part three is coming on uh, September 28th. So um, a week from now, actually, probably when you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, uh, less than a week. Um, and I can say that I've already arranged just like I've done the first two Monkey Islands. Uh, I will be live streaming. Um, uh at uh, what is it 5 p.m pacific 8 p.m eastern standard time on the 28th uh with captain logan of the keel hall podcast uh with uh dread pirate doug of race of legends and of the legendary carrillo captain carrillo um, we will be uh, uh streaming uh, the final, the final part we've, we've played, uh, all of the monkey Island, uh, t- uh adventures together so far, uh, had a, we're having a blast, uh, lots of laughs, a lot of jokes. Um, and we've done them, uh, so far together, uh, and we're going to finish it together. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it a great time. Um, learning more about them, um, meeting, uh, uh, Carrillo. Um, I, I met him at, uh, uh Sot Fest US or, or, uh, Festive Legends, uh, just like I met Doug. Um, before that, it was just internet, um, Twitter and streaming, talking to them. Uh, but I actually got to see them in person at Festive Legends. So um, it's been really fun um, playing with them and, and, uh, and having good laughs. So if you are interested, um, I, I believe Logan usually streams it career streams on Twitch. And I obviously stream on the pirate talk radio station on YouTube. So if you're not already uh, subscribed to pirate talk radio on YouTube and you want to watch my perspective and my side of the stream, uh, make sure you go over and hit that subscribe button on, uh, on pirate talk radio. You can find it at youtube.com slash at sign, uh, pirate talk radio, or just search pirate talk radio and you'll find it Please do hit the subscribe button anyways, even if you're a a, a, a podcaster app listener, uh, go over and and slam that subscribe button. It does really, really help. So uh, 28th, you'll be able to do the new Monkey Island on the 30th. So right after Monkey Island releases, we have our season nine community weekend. Now, we've we've had many, many community weekends or I guess two now community weekends. We've had many, many community days. This one's going to be a little bit different. It is going to have a different way of earning the uh, community emissary grade, which gives us more and more rewards. This one is going to be focused around Twitch views. Now, for for those of you out there who um, have lived under a rock for the past about 10 years, uh, Twitch is a live streaming service where you can watch people play video games, have talk shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure everyone who is listening to my voice probably knows what Twitch is. But in case you don't. Uh, twitch.tv is the website, <clears throat> and all their different categories are are there. You can browse, you can search, you can find Sea of Thieves, you can find World of Warcraft. Basically, you can find just about anything uh, your heart's desire is to watch uh, someone do, play, whatever. Um, except pornography, although there are questionable streams. Um, anyways, twitch. uh, uh, twitch.tv is, is the thing. Um, and I know I've seen some comments on some other YouTube videos where people say, I don't know what Twitch is or I've I've I can't go on Twitch because it costs money. <clears throat> here's here's a misconception for folks who haven't been to Twitch Twitch is free in um, anyone can go on Twitch and watch anyone they want for free, just like YouTube. Uh, the difference is Twitch is live streaming um, like 90 9% of views are live streaming, and very few are recorded or or videos on demand, previous live streams that have been recorded, where YouTube's kind of the opposite, though there is a lot of live streaming on YouTube, the majority of YouTube content that you're consuming is pre-recorded um, uh, content, or it's, it's a, a video on demand of a live stream that has already happened happened. So it's kind of the opposite of YouTube in a way, uh but the, the the platforms are basically the same. Uh they just do it in different ways. Um with YouTube, um obviously you know you you watch your little ad, you have your little survey or whatever and you get to your video. On Twitch you don't really have that option. Uh ads are just forced on you uh and you don't have a skip option unless you pay so. Um, those are kind of the differences for those out there who may be listening who have no idea what Twitch is. So um, don't let the fact that it's on that that the emissary uh, uh, rank up is is on Twitch scare you. Uh, you can a hundred percent go in there and watch. Create an account for free uh, and watch any of the streamers in the Sea of Three Sea of Thieves category. Uh, and help boost that uh, emissary. So it's going to be based on total hours watched. Now, part of the community is obviously content creators. Now, it's a small part of the community are content creators. The larger part are not content creators. Um, And they do Twitch drops and other things with Twitch in order to help their partnered streamers or their content creators, um, you know, get more views, right? So... Exclusive content through Twitch drops is always a good way uh, for them to, to help get content creators views. You always see a big bump in numbers for most content creators um, under their partner program while Twitch drops are going on. I anticipate, obviously, with this is how we get our large emissary value. I would guess a lot of the, the streams are going to do very well on this day. Um Twitch drops will be turned on. Um you can get the uh two of the gilded phoenix sets, um items, the weapons <clears throat> and a couple of the um eastern winds clothing pieces um as Twitch drops. And those drops will be for everyone, so not just partners. Um, so if you have a friend, if you have a family member, if you have, um, um, a crew member, uh, that's trying to get into streaming, that's trying to stream, uh, that's, that's streaming, you know, for fun or, or, or casually you can go tune into them and you can get your Twitch drops from them. Um, and you can help boost that, uh, sea of thieves, uh, per hour, uh, watched, uh, emissary ledger. Now. Obviously good for anyone who's streaming and and content creating, but it's not that great for those folks who are not on social media, not on, not watching streaming platforms. So, you know, the, just the player. Um, Now I would venture to, to throw out a guess that a lot of gamers out there watch YouTube or Twitch. They know what live streaming is. Um, they might not participate in streaming or viewing, but they know what it is. Um, so they know if something's tied to it, they can do go do that. But there's also a lot of folks out there, and I would say they're the minority of folks. I, I wish it was the majority, but that's not the world we live in. And that is the social media folks or those folks who are just not on social media at all. Now, for those folks, uh, they rely on, you know, I would guess in-game stuff um, to tell them that's coming up. And, of course, they're going to broadcast it in there. Um, um, In the past, the emissary value has been attached to hashtag uh, Community Day. Um, Quite frankly, I don't see a difference between hashtag Community Day and hours watched on Twitch. They're both social media. Folks who are going to do hashtag community day are probably going to click over and and we'll just have a, a stream on the background minimized on their phone, on their iPad, on a tablet, on a on a, a crappy laptop that's on the bottom shelf, uh, collecting dust. Uh, most people who are who are going to, to participate in the hashtags, um, on all the social media platforms are, are going to probably go over and watch Twitch. Um, so I really don't think at the end of the day, this change, um, from hashtags, uh, to pushing folks to go watch a creator on Twitch. I don't see this changing what the outcome is going to be at the end of the day. I think we're still going to hit grade five pretty quickly, Um, depending on how many hours it is. Obviously, they're not going to tell us that, but I I have a feeling that we're going to hit grade five pretty quickly. Um, I have a feeling Community Weekend is going to feel just like any other Community Weekend um, maybe less pictures out on social media. Um, but I, I think as far as rare is concerned, and as far as streamers are concerned, this is very, this is a very good decision by rare, um, because they are doing something which basically requires players to go support through a view, not money, but through a view, which is very, very important on YouTube and Twitch. They're, they're, they're forcing players to go to Twitch in order to help build this up. And and I don't see that as a problem. I, I think this is a good choice. It really uh tells the creators that that rare is is there and again, opening it up to all creators, not just their partners. Um I think really just does give um a, a really good message of them supporting content creation. Now again as a podcaster and a YouTube streamer, I'm I'm not feeling the love, but There's also less systems in place for those two uh, when it comes to doing things like this. Twitch has the infrastructure in place to do this kind of stuff. Uh, YouTube and podcasting does not. Now, I did see, and I don't remember where I saw this. (laughs) I don't remember. I was searching Twitter for it. I thought I saw it on one of my morning Twitter poops because that's when I look at Twitter is when I'm pooping. So if you see a tweet from me, um, it's just remember, I am sitting on the can uh, when that tweet went out. You're welcome. Um, So I saw it somewhere that there is going to be an obsidian um, captain's crest um, that could be potentially unlocked during this uh, during this event. Um, if Sea of Thieves reaches, I think, the top 10 in, o- in total views for um, um, total views for for Twitch's category. So if you look at Twitch, it, it ranks all the different, uh, streaming categories. And if they make the top 10%, I think maybe top 10, I, I, I don't know if it's top. I think it might be top 10. Even, um, they're going to unlock the obsidian, uh, crest. Now, I <laughs> in my many years of playing sea of thieves and watching sea of thieves content, even on Twitch drops, Even on Obsidian Twitch drops, I have never seen Sea of Thieves in the top 10. Uh, They get a boost, but I've never seen them in the top 10. I mean, you're competing with Just Chatting. You're competing with IRL. You're competing with World of Warcraft, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Halo. You're, You're competing with a lot of big names in gaming there. Um, halo, not so much anymore, but anyways, um, you, are competing with some big names. So I, I don't know again, where I saw that. Um, I saw it on Twitter, but again, I, I briefly looked again and I, I, should have screenshotted it, but I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't find it. Um, and, um, and so if that's true, that's awesome. Um, I, I just think that's a lofty, a lofty goal. Um, I, I, don't think that's an achievable goal by sea of thieves. I hope it is. I know Rare is going to do a stream, which will generate people. Um, if they can convince people like um, Summit to, to 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 play, which he sometimes plays, Sea of Thieves, you know, if they if if they convince a big time uh, streamer that that has a massive massive audience to come in, I think that's fine. Um, uh, obviously, you know, big streamers for Sea of Thieves, Boxy Fresh, Beardageddon, um, you know, those folks who are who are usually in the um, thousand to 2000 range of viewers, uh, for sea of thieves. When, when Twitch drops are going on, um, I could definitely see that, that we could get up there. Um, however, some of those streamers, even on like on community day, because it's a weekend, some of those streamers don't stream. Um, now can't, will they, I don't know. Um, it, it just depends, you know, those are those those folks are people, right? I, I don't know what Rare has in the background to incentivize them to stream if they're doing anything on that that level. Obviously, there's drops, but but is there additional incentivization for for those bigger Sea of Thieves, consistent streamers uh, to get on during that weekend? I don't know. Um. So that is uh, that is community, uh, community day. There's going to be a few other things that come in. Um, there's going to be at random and based on emissary uh, grade unlocks. There's going to be what's called the one-hour pop-up plunder uh, where uh, on Sea of Thieves social channels um, and the Sea of Thieves um, official stream, um, they will give clues to an island and a location uh, where there is a piece of loot uh, and each server at the time of the unlock will receive that piece of loot in the exact same spot. <laughs> and you have to go find it. It's going to be a nice piece of loot. Um, including if you hit the, the highest on there, if we hit the, all the unlocks, um, they're going to do a, um, what is it? The chest of ancient tribute chest of no, it's a uh, uh, wondrous secrets. There we go. It's the chest of wondrous secrets. So if we unlock everything um, that they want to unlock, uh, the final uh, one hour pop up plunder will be a chest of wondrous secrets, which I've never seen one. So I'm except in videos. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, As I mentioned, Twitch drops. There are login bonuses, including the flag, uh, the community flag and the um, touch grass emote, which is which is kind of funny. I'm going to say that's my emote because I sit here and yell about things all day. And I'm sure that, it, uh, anyone at rare who, who listens to my show is like, Oh dude, this dude needs to go touch grass. Um, you're probably right. Uh, but I've been too tired. Um, and there's also a IRL store discount. So I think it's 30% off 20% off 30% off, um, the rare store. Uh, so if there's any rare goodies that you're hoping to get your hands on uh, community weekend, uh, would be great. And that's Oct- or September 30th through October 2nd, um, so, yeah, I, I think I, community weekends are always fun. I always stream on them. Um, I always have a good time with them, with my my friends um, and, and on stream. And, and so I'm, I'm excited um, for the community uh, weekend. And I hope everyone has the opportunity to come over to the Pirate Talk Radio YouTube channel and say hello and tell me how your community day is going. Um, post pictures in the game Legion discord. Uh, if you're not in our discord, uh, please go down and, um, in the show notes and, and join the discord. We'd love to have you there. Um, there's a lot of great people in there. Always looking to talk sea of thieves or video games, finding crews, etc. So come join, um, the discord. So, uh, yep. Community weekend coming up. So that's exciting. I'm, I am excited. I always have fun with those. Um, also in the news right now is we've had, uh, two events, uh, recently we've had legends week. Um, and we also had, um, what is it called? Wish you were here. Now, when I first heard them saying that they had a summer event, which I assume is wish you were here, even though it's the fall now and they have a, um, um, what was it? Uh, legends week. I was kind of excited. I, I I didn't know what those were. I, I was excited to figure out what those were. um, Unfortunately, with how tired I was, and then when I saw the rewards, and and like kind of the milestones, which are just repeats of what we've done before, um, typical. Uh, I, there was nothing exciting about either of them, uh, quite frankly. I, I th- there was nothing that was available um, for me to look at on the Sea of Thieves website, logged in um, at the milestones, at the at the unlocks, at what you had to do. There was nothing exciting about any of it. Um, nothing jumped off the page as far as cosmetics, nothing um, um, from either of the events just excited me. There was just nothing that that just made me want to sit down and, and play this over Diablo. Um, you know, my, my, my time recently um, that I've played games, I, I've mostly been playing Diablo or, or, or Destiny because there's there, there, there wasn't anything in those events that excited me to play. Um, obviously, I love Sea of Thieves. I love playing Sea of Thieves. But with all the great games out there right now, um, Sea of Thieves has to do something special in order for me to, to take the little time that I have to dive in and play hours upon hours and nothing in the um, events that they had there were exciting to me. Um, I did see on their Twitter account that some of the cosmetics that you could unlock, you get them early because they will be part of a later plunder pass. And that to me is just a, just bad marketing. Look, your game is all about cosmetics. If you don't have the time to make unique cosmetics for things and you just reuse old things, Okay. I get it. Some of the old things people want. Sure. Reuse them, but all your cosmetics for the past year on Twitch drops have just been recolors of things you've already had. That's fine. But if if your selling point for your event is you get to unlock cosmetics before the plunder pass comes out, that's lame. That's that's lame and laziness. I, I, why, why even get the plunder pass then? Like why spend the money for a plunder pass when I can just get them free now? Like you you literally just cut your legs off as far as uh, as far as, you know, plunder pass excitement by saying this stuff's coming in a future plunder pass. Unlock it now just seems very lame to me. Um, the other issue that I started to see very quickly with these events was credit. So they had struggles throughout these event that um, <coughs> some of your. um things that you were doing, your progress was not being recorded. Um, and because of that, they have extended wish you were here, but the day they extended it, they also had to reach out and say that due to the extension, um, progress is still broke. (laughs) So even though they had to extend their event because progress was broke, they didn't fix progress being broke when they extended the event. Um, okay. I, 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 I don't, I still just don't get how some of these bad things get through, but bad things get through. And I, it just baffles me that you extend an event for bad coding and, um, your extended event is poorly coded. Just, it just blows my mind every single time. But anyways, for me, there was nothing exciting about the events. Um, there was nothing new and inventive. Um, it was just same old, same old, and the cosmetics to me weren't exciting at all. So um, I didn't participate in either one, um, and I'm not upset that I didn't because, quite frankly, I have other things that I would rather do um, than than play an event like that that really has nothing that excites me. If you were excited about it and you got to get in there, play with your friends, unlock some cosmetics that you like, that's awesome. And, I, and I'm glad people were there. Um, I did not see a whole lot of... Um, Hype about it, I guess I will say Um, I I saw a lot more disappointment in this event um, than I did see excitement um, either one. So um, I I don't think this was a very successful event Um, in, in my opinion. Um, how this event was kind of announced. I'm sure they had it on the books already, uh, but these events were kind of announced as a, hey, we're sorry about season 10, but this is what we have for you. Um, and I said back in the day that that was a really bad cop-out on their side um, because, again, their, their main issue is they can't keep to timelines. Um, they can't keep their their code clean within those timelines, and they bite off more than they can they can chew, which puts the the fire on their developers who are wonderful people and excellent at their job, but when, but when you're asked to do too much in the time frame, um, you just you, you're set up to fail, um, and that's that's just unfortunately how it is. Um, so if you want to, my opinions on uh, on what Rare should do to change um, those particular issues, uh, you can go check out episode 116 uh, where I dive into my uh, development agile development uh, theory and what I actually use uh, in successful business. So. Uh, there you go. Uh, you can have th- that fun. Uh, so yes, overall, I think uh, Pirate Legends uh, Week and uh, Wish You Were Here were very disappointing um, and really gave me no excitement to to, to log in and, and complete the game. But you know what is not disappointing, and who is not disappointing? The sponsors of this podcast are wonderful, our notorious, are glorious patrons. So thank you very much to Scamelt666, Lane and Registella. Though I have not been feeling well, and though episodes have been very slow uh, to come out, you guys continue to be rocks. You guys continue to financially support this. uh, And I appreciate you guys hanging around, uh, um, even though, uh, quite frankly, um, I'm not delivering the content uh, that you're paying for um but i appreciate you guys uh uh being kind and 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 supportive uh through all this. So thank you very very much uh to the patrons who make this possible. All right. Um let's talk Monkey Island. Because we're going to get to another potentially disappointing but optimistic um season 10, which we have that preview to discuss. But let's talk Monkey Island. So <clears throat> Monkey Island has been a very different approach uh, to Tall Tales uh, because they're trying to get that point and click feel. They're trying to get that puzzle feel of the Monkey Island franchise. Now, I I unfortunately have not played Monkey Island, um, but what I can say is people who have played Monkey Island uh, feel that Rare is doing an excellent job with the Easter eggs. They're doing an excellent job with the characters. They're doing an excellent job to capture that Monkey Island feel inside sea of thieves. Um, what I can say is overall with the, the, the part one and part two, uh, I've enjoyed the story that they're telling. I've enjoyed the challenging puzzles. I think, uh, monkey Island part one, um, was designed a little bit better as far as a time commitment. Um, it was long. Um, but once you figured out the puzzles, it was pretty quick to repeat. Right. Um, but the puzzles, in my opinion, in, in, in Monkey Island 1, um, that wasn't the, the – the there wasn't – they didn't take that long to figure out um, for me, and I'm pretty stupid. So um, I'm sure for some people they did take longer because your, your mindset is not that of a puzzle solver, and that's fine. Um, but I enjoyed – Uh, Monkey Island, part one, um, we did the review of that um, episodes ago and Monkey Island, part two. um, I also enjoyed, I think it's still, it captured that really funny moments. There were a lot of funny moments, especially with the, um, the sword insulting uh, and rebuttals um, with Stan, of course, because now we get to meet Stan Um, with Guybrush. um, There were, there were a lot of funny moments that were just hilarious. Um I thought the puzzles uh, were fine in this one. Um overall, um however, I thought some of the stuff was drawn out too much. The entire learning how to insult people with the sword the sword master I think that was just drawn out too much that took forever. And yes, there's a pattern and yes, you got to figure it out, but trying to learn all the different insults in order to unlock this and insult this many people and then go back to the sword. It was just drawn out that, that entire arc, there was a three part arc that you had to get these three different treasures uh, to give to the voodoo lady. Um, I I think the, the arc with the, the monster um, in the, the bird. Um, that was hilarious and I loved it and I loved the music and, and the entire animation that they did with that. I thought that was fine. I thought that was an acceptable, um, length. The puzzle was a little easy on that. Um, with Stan, I thought the, the puzzle was a little bit longer, a little bit harder to figure out, but in the end, um, was, was still okay. Um. Once you figured it all out, I, the swordsman was the miss for me. Um, I just thought that one was a little too drawn out and and it took a little bit too much time. Um, I think that one needed a little work. Um, it, yeah, it, it just was wasn't good to me. Um, exploring the circus was a lot of fun. I, I like how they put the little leaderboard system in there where you got to do the parkour challenge. Um, in order to get, uh, I think it's, um, some of the commendations, um, but also that, you know, you can keep trying it and trying it and beat your friends and erase people. And I saw a lot of, a lot of social media posts of people challenging each other of who can do it the fastest. I thought that was fun and cool. Um, because it was really uh, ultimately it, it was that, that feature of, of time trials was, was optional, right? You didn't have to, unless you wanted the commendation. Um, But overall, I I thought this one was okay. I just feel like they didn't respect your time with the swordsman piece, which overall extended the entire um, tall tale. Um, it, it, I, I think it took us three and a half, four hours, I think, to get it done. Now we were obviously goofing off sometimes and, and having a good time, but overall we were focused and moving forward. Um, we did spend a lot of time on the, tar- the time trials. Um, but the swordsman piece just, that was the miss for me was the swordsman piece. Um, the commendations, to be honest, if you don't read them ahead of time, which we haven't been, um. They can be a challenge uh, to get done um, because you have to do certain things like the time trial and a certain amount of time and and seeing different books and stuff like that. So um, it, it's definitely a time investment, um, but I thought the story was good. I enjoyed how they t- uh, tied in the last adventure with this uh, revealing, obviously, that LeChuck is the fake pirate lord um, who who, you know, reveals himself and, and transforms and kind of makes fun of you as the, I thought that was really nice um, to to tie that stuff together, um, which if, if you're living under a rock, uh, we already knew that was going to happen, but it was nice to see it happen in game. We already knew LeChuck was that, or we kind of could assume LeChuck was that, um, but it was nice to see it um, actually transpire in game and have an interaction there. So um, I, I, I think overall this one was worse than the first one, um, just overall because of time commitment. This one did have checkpoints, though. I, I give it that. But, yeah, the, the, the part one felt good as far as um, the, the flow um, in the story. This one felt like it had a decent flow, and then it got hung up, and then it flowed through the end. Um, and it was really that swordmaster w- challenge that was just, in my opinion, it was poorly designed. Um, it might have been executed properly as far as what their, their vision was. Um, I, I think that particular one was a design choice that failed, um, not an implementation. I, I believe they implemented and created the experience that they had envisioned um, I just think the vision design there was very, very off on on that particular um, iteration to try to bring something, um, a feel in, in, a, in, a, in a quest, if you will, from Monkey Island into Sea of Thieves. Um, I, I think they had a vision there, and I think the vision design was poor. I think execution was fine um, to that vision. I just think vision design was poor on that one. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, season 10. What you've all been waiting for. Me talking about season 10. So first off, let's hit the let's hit the highlights. Okay. And then we'll deep dive into these. So rare has set themselves up for failure again. And I hope they don't fail. I hope they're learning. I hope they're adjusting. I hope they're taking some of my words to heart. But why do I say they set themselves up for failure? As I stated and went into detail with in uh, last episode, Rare struggles and has struggled for years um, having and executing on appropriate timelines. Things get pushed. Things don't hit dates uh, uh, properly. Uh, things are last minute. Code is bad. Code is crappy, um, and we just keep rolling with with missed timelines and broken promises multiple times in the preview for season 10. Um, Sea of Thieves announced that in October, we'll be getting the Guilds feature, which we'll cover here in a minute. In November, (coughs) we will get the Skull um, World event, the new Siren Song Skull World event, which we'll talk about in a few moments. And in December, we will get the Safer Seas Private Servers um, option. (coughs) So they have now stated on the record in a video that we have three specific features of season 10 and season 11 um, because season 10 is this new thing, a super season. If you're watching the YouTube video, you can see my eyes visibly roll and we'll talk about that in a minute, but they have now set themselves up with hard months that they have to release these features they had prior to seasons, a set timeline of when updates would happen. They've failed at hitting them often. They've had a podcast schedule that they have failed to execute on. And I can't say much because recently I've also failed to do that, but I am a one man show. Uh, They have an entire studio. Um, They went to seasons to get themselves more consistent on a consistent release schedule. They have failed. Um, and so yet again, um, we have a release schedule, October guilds, November skull, December safer seas. They have to execute. I am I, sorry. At this point they have to execute. They have to execute. We cannot continue rare. You cannot continue to put out dates, to put out, uh, promises and miss them. You can't do it. Season nine has burned you. And we're going to talk about why I think Safer Seas is happening. Um, Because I think think Safer Seas, and we'll get to this, is a good feature. Because it's a feature that was needed since day one. But mm, mm. anyways, we'll get to that. But timelines, they have to hit this. Season 9 has burned them so bad with missed dates and pushes and pushes and lack of communication and pushes. It's hurt them bad in the eyes of players. And so now that they've yet again set forth their goals of when these features will release, they've got to execute and they have to hit them. They just have to do that. So... Let's talk first about this comment. That um, let's talk first about this comment that Mike said right off the bat, and that is that season ten is a super season. First off, what's a super season? You didn't explain to me what a super season is. So therefore, since Mike did not explain to me what a super season is, I get to assume what a super season is and make it up myself. So. Mike calls season 10 a super season for a variety of reasons. Again, this is my assumption because it wasn't explained to me. So that means I get to make it up. Super season. Since season nine went on so long uh, and they failed to execute on timelines. They're coming out with season 10 that has season 10 features and season 11 features. So, Hypothetically, season 11 is just season 10. They just rolled them together. So Thus, super season. You've got one season another season. You smash them together and it makes a baby season. Only the baby season is is all grown up and it's a super season. Because it's got features from two different seasons smashed together. That is my first theory of what a super season is. My second theory of what a super season is, is it's PR bullshit basically saying hey we screwed up in season 9 season 9 because of its length should have been a super season uh not super in a good way but super as in super long and boring um now season 10 is going to be two seasons combined into one which means it's going to be really long because we screwed up on our timeline now we have to combine two seasons and now we're going to be off our schedule and we got to figure out how to do season 12 in three months, but it's not going to be done in three. Either way. I I think he could have just left super season out because season nine was not super season. Nine was a super season because it had a super long season. Season 10 is a super season because it has season 10 and 11 combined into one. But does that mean it's going to be another super long and in the end, boring season, or are we going to get back on our, our proper release schedule? What's it going to be? I, I think you should have just said, it's a season. Why, why do we have to add super in there? Because it's, it's not super. It, it's not. And if you can't hit your timelines, it's definitely not super. So what do we get coming up with season 10, which is launching on October 10th? So prior to that, <clears throat> with the Monkey Island release, um, but again, some of this is also season 10. Um, we will be getting custom colored rowboats. So the classic rowboat will still be there. Uh, and they will also be adding custom colored rowboats, which match the arena, the um, the Azure, uh, the, the song, the, the flame blade, those sets, um, and the good boy. And they will be different rarities. So the good boy will be the rarest one you can find. Once you find a, uh, a, a rowboat, you can now attach it to your ca- ca- uh, uh ship, and you can save that loadout. So when you log back in, you'll have a rowboat. Will that rowboat have a repair feature at the the shipwright? Don't know. Wasn't explained. Um, it would be nice. Um, when you log back in with your ship, your captain's ship, uh, will the rowboat be fresh? Don't know. Uh, wasn't explained. Uh, will in fact, when this launches, will rowboats actually stay? Or when you log back in, will your rowboat be gone? Don't know. They didn't say uh, they actually said it would stay, but I I am now completely pessimistic about some promises that they make, um, especially when they are making new features in this game uh, because of their track record. So we'll see. But I think having a rowboat when you log in um, is really cool. Um, sometimes you spend a long time looking for a rowboat. Um, so having the ability to get a rowboat that you like a custom colored rowboat, if you will, um, and attach it to your ship and save it, um, seems like a cool feature to me. Um, on the 28th, you will get uh, monkey Island costumes. So different characters from monkey Island, including Stan. So you can look like Stan with his, uh, his goofy plaid moving jacket. Um, so that's kind of fun. And then finally, um, there's a really nice, uh, guy brush, uh, or, or, uh, yeah, guy, guy brush 3 uh, ship set. Um, that looks really cool. So, um, those are coming, um, leading up to season 10 and then, uh, season 10 with the rowboats, uh, and the bandanas, there are new colored bandanas as well. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are thinking that dyes are coming to sea of thieves, like you can dye the clothing. I don't see that happening, but yeah. And then we hit season 10, October 10th. Um, and the first thing that we get once uh, it launches is a system called guilds. Now, if you are a player like myself, who's played in MMOs, um, you will know that guilds are a group of players um, that, that can chat, talk and play together. Um, sea of Thieves is now having guilds. Uh, they will have common goals, uh, to unlock, which my guess is, um, um, because they say exclusive unlocks every uh, hundred guild levels. So again, common goals would lead to guild levels. I have a feeling if I log in on October 10th and I start a guild, uh, and I look at what those goals are and what makes up a guild level, I have a feeling I'm going to be very irritated Because all it's going to be, (coughs) excuse me, is the commendations we've already done, the captaincy we've already done, wrapped up in guilds. So, you did it by yourself, then you did it again as a captain, now do it again as a guild. I have a feeling, because that's how they usually do it, but we'll see. I'll keep an open mind that this system will have something new and fresh. Um, and exciting, but I'm also going to be real and say that it's just going to be the same commendations we've already had. Just now do it as a guild guilds. will have a 24 player cap, um, which just so happens to be four ships, four galleons, one server, just throwing that out there. Um, only captains can make guilds, but any player can join them. Uh, the captain will be able to give it a name, a motto and a logo. The logos are, um, you have to design them with, um, art that's already in the game. So no, you cannot get a giant dick or worse on your logo. Thank God. Um, it's all pre designed images. Thank you. Rare, because that could have been real bad. Um, like your player name or your player ship names, um, players, uh, in the guild, um, are able to offer their captain ship up for any player in the guild to take out and sail. Um, so if you've got a captain ship and you want, and another player wants to sail it, maybe they don't have captaincy yet. Maybe they're a newer player. Um, they can sell your ship and they can be on a captain ship and you're going to get milestones on that ship. And they're going to be able to get the benefits of being on a captain ship. So that's kind of cool. Um, Here's why I brought up 24 players is six galleons. Uh, six, six times four is, is 24. Um, you see where I'm going with this Alliance servers? So, This is the big question that wasn't answered. So, Rare has came out many many times and said that they're against Alliance servers. Rare has came out many times. It says they're against uh, PvE servers. I have a feeling we're seeing a shift because of players, quite frankly, getting tired of the game, which is fine. The game has been out for a while. Um, You know, a lot of players have played what they want out of the game, and they're leaving. They also... um, Um, players are not getting the support from rare, um, in fixing certain things that have been outstanding for a long time, uh, and they're, and they're tired of waiting. Um, I think this is a shift in, in rare. And again, we, we don't know all the details about season 10. So once we learn more about season 10 details, I I can speak to that more and, and we'll know more. But as I see it right now, um, guilds is a fancy name of saying, Hey, we've built Alliance servers into the game is, is how I see this. Because if your guild can be 24 players, and if you have the ability to join a server as a guild, you could have 24 players on a single server and no one else is there. Now, is that was that that how they're going to be able to do it. Are you going to be able to say, I would like to join the server as a guild? Each person, each of each of these six people create a ship and then people join on them. Basically giving what people refer to outside the game now as spiking a server, giving guilds the power to basically roll up their own guild server um in the in the uh sailing section. I don't know. We have to see. But it's interesting to me that the server cap is six boats. If you do six galleons, it's 24 players and guilds are capped at 24 players. So those numbers all line up pointing at, and the entire concept of guilds is to play together as a larger group of friends. Everything to me points that. You're just going to be able to say, okay, here's my guild. Let's roll a server together. that That's what it reads to me. We'll have to see. But that's how it reads to me. We'll see how it goes. I'm not too concerned, though, um, about it because Alliance servers have existed outside of see a thief systems by spiking servers the, forever. Um, and honestly, if in this system, they can't, they still have to spike servers like an Alliance server, but this system allows smaller groups of friends to do the same thing without having to join one of those corrupt discords where they try to get money from you and everything else. Um, to, to, to whatever, to support or, or whatever, um, it gives you the ability to kind of control your destiny when it comes with a, a larger friends group, because, you know, I've, I've got, you know, friends from the Keelhole podcast. I've, I'm in a couple discords from people who play sea of thieves. And sometimes we have more than four people. So having the ability to join as a larger group to play together, especially on things like community weekend, uh, where we're not focused on PvP, but uh, focused on enjoying the community, um, this is a good feature if the, if you can do it that way. I, I think it is. Um, it, but again, uh, b- b- the Alliance folks have been complaining for a long time about PvE-only servers. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. But if this is truly a feature um, that is going to allow basically people to join together in a group of six galleons, four players, a galleon on a server by themselves. They've basically created mini Alliance servers. Each guild is a mini Alliance server. So we'll see how it's actually implemented. We'll see what features those folks have, and we'll see what the advancement path is uh, for guilds. I'm hoping this is something really cool and interesting and um, innovative Um, from what I see on the surface, I think it's the same. I think it's basically indoctrinating Alliance servers. This is what I see on the surface with the information I have, right? Um, I could be completely wrong. I'm just going off of speculation, um, based on the information that I have. And what I see here is the indoctrination of Alliance servers, small ones, um, which can create a PVE server only uh, it could also be used for events and things like that. I, I, I just don't see this um, as a fun, new and cool uh, play experience. I, I don't, I, at this time, I just don't. And I have a feeling the advancement system is going to be the old commendation system that rolled into captaincy, do it again. It's now going to roll into guilds, do it again, but as a guild, I, that's how I see it. I, I don't think this is anything new and inventive. Um, I think it's just a new br- new name on, um, on small Alliance server, basically. Let's talk about the thing that comes out in November that I'm actually excited for. This sounds fun. I have some questions because, again, they it's a preview, right? We don't know all the details, and we won't know all the details for a bit. We also don't all know all the features. We only know the three main headlines, and we don't know a lot about them. The Skull of the Siren Song World Event. This is a very unique world event. It's the first one of its kind, and it sounds fun as hell. So this is an opt-in PVP race world event. So in the normal world event cycle, um, when the so- skull of Siren song is up on your mast and you in your, um, on your ship will be a ghostly letter that is daggered to your mast. By approaching that letter, you can opt in to the PVP world event. You don't get transferred to another server, you stay on that server, but your crew will receive two maps of which you have to go dig at. And any crew on the server who has opted in will receive the same two maps, so everyone has the same information. One map leads to the key, one map leads to the chest. You have to have both the key and the chest in order to get the Skull of Siren Song. Once the key has been dug up, obviously all the maps disappear (coughs) for the key. Once the skull uh, chest is dug up, all the maps disappear for the chest. So how do you know where the key is and where the chest is? Because you need both to get the skull to end the, to end the event. Well, that's simple. Once you have the key, the key is marked on the map with a beacon, just like Reaper's chest, just like, uh, uh, four to fortune keys and stuff like that. Same with the chest. So now you could potentially have two crews sailing around the seas, one with the key, one with the chest. And in order to complete the event, you need both. So it's going to encourage PVP. It's going to encourage player interaction. Maybe positive. Maybe you go negotiate for one or the other. Um, but it's going to encourage PVP. And it's opt-in, so no one can complain. I'm sure people will complain because there's going to be commendations tied to it. We don't want to do PvP. Well, then don't opt-in. Well, then we can't do the commendations. Well, then don't do the commendations. It's not for everyone. Simple as that. Once you open the chest, you get the, the Skull of Siren Song. The Skull is a weapon, much like the Ashen Wind Skull, only it will shoot an icy breath instead of a fire breath. Uh, it does look really cool. It's, it's, uh, it has, the skull has coral all over it, it has a red ruby eye. It looks, it, it's a really cool, uh, skull. Now what it'll also do is you have a weapon, but when it's on your ship, it curses your ship. Uh, and this is, um, obviously you've got the, the cursed, uh, uh treasure chest. So the grog chest, the sorrows chest and the rage chest that have different effects that happen on your ship. This one also has an effect. While it's on your ship, it curses your ship and you are slower. So good luck. Those of you who are on a galleon already sailing into the wind, you're basically going to be anchored at this time. What they didn't explain is when the event ends. So what they said was players must defend the skull once they have it. Does that mean there's a timer? You have to defend it for so long? Or is it until you turn it in? And here's why I ask that question. Because if it was me, I would take the key and the chest, not open it to get the skull, and I would go to an outpost at full speed. I would open it at the order of soul's tent, take it out, turn it in, And so my ship is never cursed and I don't have to worry about basically being anchored, not really, but a slow moving ship with all the piranhas and sharks in the water gathering around me to sink me. That's how I would do it. Now, is that how the world event will work? Is that how it's designed? Don't know. Do you have to actually defend it for an X amount of time? If another player from another crew picks it up, the timer's reset. I don't know. This event sounds like it could go on forever if there aren't parameters put around it. But I'm curious, and I'm also curious how much this is worth. Obviously, world events are worth a lot. Even a a basic fort or a, a skeletal fleet. Those events are worth a lot of cash. Is this one skull going to be worth, you know, 100,000, 50,000? Uh, I would say 100,000, 150,000, 200,000. Like, what is this one skull going to be worth um, to furthermore entice people to chase and battle and have player interaction. The price is going to have to be pretty high because it needs to be balanced with the other PVE um, world events. So I'm curious about that. I'm also curious about how you get that reward. Is it just turn it into the order of souls? Is it take it to a shrine and place it on a pedestal? Like, and then that opens a vault. Like, what is the, what is the, how do you get the reward out of it? What is the, um, like for a skeletal fort, you kill the, 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 the boss. For the uh, the fleet, you kill the captain ship. You know, there there's a there's a clear end to the event after you complete this, right? They didn't give an end to this event. It just said you must defend the skull. But and that that's all they got. I assume it's you sell it. I assume, but then it would have to be worth a lot. Um so I, I am interested to see. How the event ends, what triggers the event to end, and how do you get the treasure? Is that skull just worth an astronomical amount? I think that would be a good idea in a PVE-focused event if the skull was worth a lot because that would continue uh, to encourage players to go after it and get the PVP that you're looking for. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. But this one really excites me because this is different they've not done a PVP um, world event, uh, a PVP-centric world event, a, a race world event, combining them together. This is very intriguing to me. I am very interested in this, and I'm anxious to see um, how this all works in the sandbox. Um, and that is scheduled to come in November. Now the one that you're all probably thinking I'm going to yell about, and that's Safer Seas. I want more information. I want more information. So let me tell you why Safer Seas was the right decision. Let me also tell you why in the same breadth, why this is too late. So when you log in to Sea of Thieves for the first time, you're put in the Maiden Voyage. The Maiden Voyage is the tutorial for Sea of Thieves. Um, And let's just be honest, the Maiden Voyage is basically the worst tutorial of a tutorial. Um, I'm sure there's worse ones out there, but as a tutorial, it's pretty bad. It doesn't teach you any of the core systems of the game, especially now that the, the game has evolved to where it is. Sea of thieves has always been a game that they want you to figure it out on your own. They don't want to spoon feed you things, but there are certain important pieces that you should be aware of when you are playing the game, before you jump out into the world of cutthroat pirates and, and angry PVP people. The main voyage does not set you up for that. So, This Safer Seas adventure feature is basically a tutorial. It's something that I think Sea of Thieves has needed for a very long time. Now, some of you may be arguing right now, and I've seen it on social media, that PvE servers are wrong, PvE servers are bad, blah, blah, blah. First off, we don't know all the details about safer season. I, I have speculation. I have concerns. I have gripes, but until I have all the information, I can't fully just destroy this feature as a PVE server, where you sell outs, your players are leaving. So you're trying to save face. I can't say that yet. Cause I don't know all the bits, but as a tutorial, what is outlined the information that we know this is a perfect tutorial first off reputation and gold gain is reduced by reduced by 30, reduced to 30% so you receive again it says 100% if you're on high seas which is the normal mode 30% or so you have a reduction of 70% in your reputation gains in gold by playing on this version i'm okay with that Gives you a long time to learn. You also have, um, you also uh, can be a solo player or up to four players. So again, it's limiting you to one ship per server. Um, so there's not going to be the ability to have an alliance, and you know make up some of that gold. There are no live events here, so you can't do the live events. You don't have the captaincy feature. You don't have guilds, you don't have hourglass, you cannot be a pirate legend. There are no emissaries, it's just base game, um, so no emissary flags. And there is no um, Reaper faction increase, and there's no Athena faction increase. In fact, all Athena voyages and features have been turned off. The highest rank you can get with the basic trading companies, so we're talking Gold Herder, Merchants, and Order of Souls, is level 40. So there are a lot of good walls that they have put into this to make it not a PvE-only sandbox where if, if you want to play the game exclusively here, there's a lot of things that you won't be able to access. And I'm okay with that because it is explained by Mike that this is a tutorial or a learning version of the game. And if it's truly a learning version of the game, a truly tutorial version of the game, then this is fine. But here's my question. If you go to level 40, then you go to high seas, you get pirate legend, you get all your stuff done. If you are a pirate legend, can you still go back into safer seas and just not do Athena, not do Reapers, still do your normal commendations, get a 30% rep and gold earnings decrease? Can you still do that? I don't know. That was not answered. Like, if you are above 40 in the trading companies, are you still able to access safer seas? Like, There were, I'm guessing the answer is yes. And just things are turned off. So if this is truly a tutorial learning place, that's fine with me. Now you can still complete commendations. So in my opinion, what's going to happen is people who want to commendation hunt without the fear of other players, fishing, things like that. They'll use this server um, style to, to do that. Now, again, I'm totally for a tutorial that's better than the main Voyage. I'm totally for a learning space where people can learn the systems before they step out and they're under pressure by other players. I, I completely support all of that. But what I don't support is once you've gone through the tutorial, you shouldn't be able to come back into this. Once you exceed 40 in... in um, in any of the trading companies so if you get to if you are zero order of souls zero more merchant 41 in gold order this should be a feature turned off to you if you are a pirate legend this feature should be turned off to you i still believe and i hope rare still believes because that's what they say in the video, that the core Sea of Thieves experience is with other players and the unknown of if that player is hostile or not. They have stated they won't do PVE servers, and this is the first step in PVE servers, along with potentially guilds. This is the first step. And I hope that they're very careful. I hope that they put a box around things. I don't want to stop players from playing. I want to encourage players to play. But they should play Sea of Thieves. They should play it as the vision of Sea of Thieves is designed. Mike's words of right: this is the right time to bring this feature. Mike, it is the right time to bring this feature. Because of the poor choices of the leadership at Rare... To set their developers up to fail. So their updates aren't clean. Things are broken. Cheaters are running rampant. With no fix. This is the right time. Because let's be honest. Sea of Thieves is struggling right now. And it's been struggling for a while. And I see this. Safer Seas feature. And the guilds. Mini Alliance servers potentially as a way for rare to try to hang on to players and also try to get players back who left because they didn't want to deal with PVP. Every game goes through a period of time where at some point playership just starts to fall off. And game studios obviously have to keep a mindful eye, eye on that because at some point, if you're not making money, you can't keep the game going. I'm sure Rare's nowhere, nowhere close to that. I'm sure they're absolutely fine. Um, sea of Thieves is is still a great game. Uh, sorry. Sea of Thieves is still a good game. Um, it has a long way to go before it can be great. Um, but... I'm sure they're looking at their numbers and realizing they're struggling right now. They don't release the Xbox numbers, but Steam numbers, you can correlate. Most of their players are on Xbox, though. And without those numbers, we can't see. But they're struggling. Reddit, full of players upset and leaving. Twitter, full of players upset and leaving. It's all over the place that players are upset with the direction of the game and the the lack of urgency and the lack of fixes, permanent fixes, to a lot of outstanding issues. A lot of that has been called out for years, and most of it's called out by PvP players because it affects them, let's be honest, the most, because if you get bucket-regged, food-regged, hit-regged, even though it's equal for everyone, a bad one of those means the game just beat you. Right? You didn't lose. The game beat you. All the time, PvE players are just continuing to swim. They're continuing to move forward. They're still irritated and leaving because of PvP players and not wanting to PvP, but. They'll find Alliance servers and et cetera. So I see this feature in here twofold. (coughs) I like the idea of a tutorial. I think that is a hundred percent a great idea. I just hope they really box it so you can't sit there forever. I hope they box it so you can't go out and become pirate legend, come back and then sit there just to fish. I think they need to stay true to the core values of Sea of Thieves, which is a a universal sandbox where all players have to coexist and either fight or become friends. Guilds also concern me because, again, I feel like they're just indoctrinating small alliance servers, which helps control it a little bit, right? They're not... You're not having to go out to these these corrupt discord servers and potentially cost you money just to play the game. Um, I mean, you're dumb if you do that. But I'm just saying there the people will do things when it's an offer to them. And it's silly that there are, are alliance server discords out there making money off of Sea of Thieves just by basically spiking a ship or a, f- a fleet of ships. It's silly but I feel like that's what they're doing. I feel like they're indoctrinating some of this stuff that people have uh, uh, um, a small percentage on the PVE side has wanted. They're ignoring the PVP side of the game. They're giving you this skull voyage, but as we know about that kind of stuff, it only lasts so long. They gave hourglass, which was nice. So they listened a bit to the PVP folks a bit, Now they've got a cheating issue that they're not fixing. Now they're listening a little bit to the PVE players, but they're catering to these people. These people where I fit and a lot of you fit, they're not doing anything. Bugs are still there. Repeat commendations, captaincy, probably guilds, that stuff's still there. They're catering to these two fringe people Because they're the outspoken people out there. That's who they're catering to. With Safer Seas, Guilds, Hourglass, Skull Voyage. And I think the Skull Voyage is cool. But they're catering to these two loud minorities. And they're ignoring all the middle. That's my opinion and that's how I see it. Um, Share with me if you see it differently. Share with me your speculations on what Guilds are going to do for the game, what do you think about Safer Thieves? Do you think that this is a good tutorial option for Sea of Thieves players? Do you think it should be open for everyone at all times, or do you think it should be boxed down and feel more like a tutorial? Let me know in the comments. Let me know uh, via email. You can email pirate talk radio uh, podcast at gmail.com. You can get all that information down in the show notes. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, although I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on Twitter because I, it's just awful. Um, I hate social media. Um, I really, really do. Um, or you can join the discord. That's probably the best. Join the discord, the game Legion discord. You know, all that information is down in the show notes guys. Thank you very much again for your patience. As I go through these health issues, I'm I'm slowly recovering and we're slowly getting back. Uh, please do come over, check out pirate talk radio on YouTube. Live streams are coming very, very soon. Not as often as they used to, but um, hopefully we're working back to that. The podcast, as I stated last episode, is my main focus to get back on that weekly cadence as my energy allows. Please do also go over and check out the Patreon. Um, It really does help the podcast a lot with equipment and and bills and stuff like that to keep the lights on and everything like that. So if you like Pirate Talk Radio, please go over to Patreon.com slash TV. And check out all the different tier options. Guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.